born to die that he might give Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. My soul at night. Anyway, tonight, the book of Galatians. So turn in your Bible to the book of Galatians and chapter 4. Chapter 4. These portions of scriptures through here are not the easiest to explain because you get into son and heir and servant and adoption and trying to put all this together and make it understandable. Remember that the Apostle Paul is explaining to them why they should not go back under the law. Since you've been free from the law, why go back to the law? And he's using the nation of Israel to demonstrate to them the purpose of the law and what he's talking about when he says you have been adopted. And so... It's not always the easiest thing to explain some of these scriptures, but we'll read them and then we'll go back to them. See there here in uh, Galatians chapter 4, look in verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Because you see, we have just finished chapter 3. Or chapter 3 says there in verse 26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Not that everybody in the world is a child of God. Or that God is the father of everybody. No, God is the creator of all. But he's not your father until you're born into his family. Then in verse 29 of chapter 3 says, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So he's already saying that you are the children of God. And that you uh, are an heir according to the promise. So one of the ways of trying to understand and explain this is to realize that um, you can take the nation of Israel because they were under the law. But the Pharisees has not only taken and misplaced the purpose of the law and adding it to grace. They were messing up the Mosaic law altogether. 
and making it into something that it is not. Because if they really understood what they were teaching, well, they wouldn't have taught that. And they wouldn't try to get these Galatian Christians to go back underneath the law. So the Apostle Paul has to explain the main purpose of the law so that they would understand what grace is all about and why that once you're under grace, you should never go back to the law. So we go all the way back to the promise because the word promise is mentioned here. And uh, the last word in verse 29 of chapter uh, 3, and uh, there is a promise. So God had made a promise that those who were of the line of Abraham were going to be heirs of God through Christ. And so as an heir, you have the promise that was given. Then you have the law that was given to Moses. Then you have Christ. And then you have grace where we are. So the nation of Israel, we can look at this in verse 1 where he talks about the heir and he says here also a child and a, a servant. But picture that as a picture of the nation of Israel. And so you have a promise that was made and the law that was given. So Israel was like a child under the law. And as a child under the law would be there until Christ would come. And then the law brings you to Christ. So when Christ came, Christ gave grace. So that's why even in the Gospel of John, you have the law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So you have the promise, you have the law, and you have grace. And so... When a Jewish person had a child, that child would be an heir, but the heir as a child had no rights. In other words, this child of the Jewish dad, well, that child was his child, yes, but when that child was born, and let's say daddy was a rich daddy, and he had lots and lots of money, the child becomes the heir, but he's treated like a slave or a servant until he reaches a certain age of accountability where he is accountable and looked upon as a, a son. And as a son, he's not just a child, not just a servant, not just as a slave where he's under tutors and governors and disciplinary measures under the law, he's like, now he is responsible for himself and he is considered to be not just a son, but an adult son. Not mature, just an adult son where in Israel, when I've been there many a times, I have seen them have their bar mitzvah. And so when the son gets to the place where he has studied the law and knows the law, and then he goes there and he reads and he knows his responsibility... Now he is considered a son who can be the heir and inherit what daddy has. So there is a Jewish tradition. There was also laws under the Roman law that the daddy determined when the child would be considered an heir or as a son that could inherit whatever he has. So there was Jewish tradition, Roman tradition, and of course today we have our tradition. We haven't figured out what it is yet. 
But whenever you have a child born, let's say daddy was rich and here's a son. And lo and behold, he is his child. There's no doubt about that. But he's not considered a son until he has his bar mitzvah or he is around 13 years of age. So whenever he's born, he, he can't talk. He can't walk. And so they have those who are going to raise this child. So God gave the promise, but then God gave the law. And the law was to educate the nation of Israel, to discipline the nation of Israel. Until the Messiah comes, Christ, and then they are considered, under grace, an adult son. Their bar mitzvah. But see, Israel has totally ruined and destroyed most of the types. They haven't done what they're supposed to do. So we take this uh, child and understand that he is an heir, but he's not considered an heir and can take anything of responsibility until he reaches that bar mitzvah. Then he's considered a legal son. So it's called the placing of a son. Son placing. He is now placed into the family. He's born into the family. He is a child. But now he is part of the family in the sense that he can uh, be responsible for himself. He's considered to be an adult. And as an adult, he is to assume responsibility for all of his actions and whatever he does. Now, whenever we apply that to where we are, you and I were, well, we're born in this old world. And we are under the law. And then the day comes when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Well, see, you were a a slave of your old sinful nature. You were like under the law because the Bible says we're all born in this world. We're all under the law. And the laws are the rules and regulations. The disciplinarian. And this is why when children are born, we have a means of correction in their life to try to discipline them. And so we lay down the law. But we know that the day will come, hopefully soon, that they will be responsible adults and will be able to make their decisions that are in agreement with whatever mom and dad has taught them. And so they're kind of like responsible now for their actions. And so The process now is after a child gets to that point, you want them to learn how to do many things in their life and to grow and to mature. So whenever you take these scriptures here in Galatians chapter 4 and verses 1 to verse 18, there's three things mainly that we have concerning these scriptures as it relates to Israel. And we have three of these things that are mentioned here, and I'm put them here in the notes. And one is historically, which is what I've just been talking about, historically. Then we have that are doctrinally as a child, and then practically. How does it relate? Because after you have reached that place where you're an adult, you're now supposed to be careful what influences you. So, Is it the law that's going to influence your decisions now? Or is it going to be grace that influences your decisions? How are you going to learn to live your life? So we have this issue of law, 
and grace. Now, I can try to live my Christian life only by obeying rules and regulations, or I can learn to love a person. And if I learn how to love the Lord and do things to please the Lord, it's a lot different to learn to live your life according to love than it is to fear. Because if you place yourself under the law, then you have made a big error in your life. And I'll show you that in just a moment. Remember this. These scriptures, the first 18 verses here, can be termed up in one simple phrase. Grow up. Grow up. And that's the lesson that these Galatians Christians need to understand. You're already a child of God. Now, here's what happens to you when you trust Christ as your Savior. You see, there is a difference between regeneration and adoption. You are not saved when you are adopted into the family of God. You're adopted into the family of God because you are saved. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, you are regenerated. In other words, you have been given a new birth by the Holy Spirit of God. And at that moment, you are considered into the family of God. But you are as a servant, not as a son that can inherit anything until God adopts you into his family. Now, he could wait for 13 years on you and say, now after 13 years and you have been disciplined and you've earned the right to be an heir of mine, well, he could have done it that way, but he didn't. See, what he does is the day you trusted Christ as your Savior, God automatically, immediately adopted you as a son so that you are a son of God and not as a servant, not as a slave, but as a son, you are an heir. If you'll notice there in verse 29, the last part of that verse Heirs according to the promise. Now, it's the son that is the heir. So, therefore, you have bypassed. You have been set free from that law that is to bring you along and teach you and educate you. No, you went straight from being born into God's family. And now you are adopted into his family as a son. That's your placing into God's family as a son of God. Now, as a son of God... You are automatically an heir of God. And that happened the very moment you trust the Lord. Now, there's two other things that are mentioned in the book of uh, Romans in chapter 8. It talks about we are waiting for the day of adoption. That's the body. So you and I have trusted Christ as Savior. We are adopted, yes, but I'm in the family of God. But I am a son of God. Remember, there's a verse in the book of 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Brother, now are we the sons of God. I am right now. You see, I'm not going to be an heir of God. I already am an heir of God. And the reason is, you can't be an heir of what, whoever leaves you something until the testator, the person who made out the will, dies. So when you accepted Christ as your Savior, Christ is dead. And all of his promises, because now you are a son, you are an heir of God. And so he says in Romans in chapter 8, heirs of God and, what's the next word? 
joint heirs with Christ. So I am a son of God. I am an heir of God. So when you go to the book of Ephesians in chapter 1 and verse 5, when it talks about we have been predestined into the adoption of children, that's not about salvation. The very moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, God had already predetermined that all those who trust Christ as Savior will receive the adoption, means you become automatically, immediately a son of God. I am not to be looked upon as a, a slave of God, like Israel was under the law. I was born free. This is why Paul says concerning the Roman government, I am freeborn. I wasn't a slave, and then I worked my way and got free. He said, I was born free. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, <laughs> you're born free. Now, if you're born free, why would a child of God who's born with a son recognition and placing and your position in Christ, why would you want to go back to a slave position? Now, look there in verse 1, or number 1, in your notes, and we'll try to explain a little bit about what we've said. The son, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, the fullness of the time. God has a timetable. Galatians 4, 2, until the time appointed of the father. So when a child is born into the family, well, there was a time when the father would appoint that this is going to be when he is able to be called not only just a child, he's my son and he has heirship. In other words, he is able now to inherit. This is why when you and I were born into God's family and been placed as a son Without going through the process of all the other, we were born free. Now, isn't this amazing that now as a child of God, when you're recognized as a son of God, remember the little baby in the crib? Can't walk, can't talk, can't write a check. He's an heir, but he can't do anything. But you and I, the day you trusted Christ as your Savior, you are placed into his family as a son and as a son, an heir. And God has given you permission to write checks. As a child of God, you can walk with God. See, when I was born in this world, the first time, when I was born in this world, I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I could cry. But I couldn't walk and I couldn't talk. But now that I know Christ as my Savior, and the day I trust the Lord, I can talk to the Lord. Immediately that very moment. And I can learn to walk with God right off the bat. You see, God has considered you his son as an adult son. Now, you are to grow in your maturity. So let me give you this. Many people have age, but not maturity. Age is a quantity of time. But maturity is a quality of experience. Because as you go through life and you have various experiences, you can learn from them and mature. Now, there's a lot of people that are lost. And in this world, they have a lot of maturity. And they know how to make a living and make money and live in some peaceful and joy and all those things they can have. But some people that are born into this world, they don't take correction very well. They don't listen very well. They don't grow very well. 
But year after year after year, they can put on a quantity of time and live to be of old age. But just because you're of old age, does that mean you have maturity? No. I know a lot of people who are old and have no maturity. Have you ever had some people says to older folks, they're in their second childhood. Grow up, act like an adult. Or tell their kids that are in college, stop acting like a child. So now that you are a son of God and an heir of God and considered to be an adult to accept responsibility, live up to your name. And that's why there's certain things in the word of God in Ephesians chapter 5 where it talks about, let it not be once named among you. There's things that God says to do. There's things God says not to do. But not everyone that grows old grows up. So he's telling them, grow up. Learn to grow up. But look down here at letter B. Not children. Children require supervision. There are verses that reference the believer's position in Christ. To as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the right, the authority to become the son of God. We've gone through that many times. The son, in number two, receives the inheritance, eternal life. Look at letter C. Now remember this. Israel was under the law, was in a state of childhood under the law. And they were under the law until the seed should come. Now, that's in chapter 3, verses 19 and so on, 20 and 21. But here, Israel was an heir, child, servant because of the Abrahamic covenant. Paul goes back to establish the reason for the law for these Galatian Christians. Is for Israel, historically, as an heir, doctrinally, as a child, and declared a son from the discipline of the law because of Christ. Practically as a son who now chooses his areas of influence for his spiritual maturity. Uh, let me just uh, show you this. See there in Galatians in chapter 4. When you look at this and you'll see that there in verse 5. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. We go straight from being lost to being sons because of the adoption. God takes all of those that are his children and gives you the position of a son and as an heir. Now in verse 6, and because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In other words, when God looks at you. Now what if the day I was born and my daddy looked at me and he saw me with all this hair all over me. And he says into his mind, if I could read his mind, that's the ugliest kid I've ever seen in my life. And what if I'd have spoke up and says, Daddy, I'm so glad I look just like you the day I was born. But see, I couldn't do that. But the day I trusted Christ as my Savior, that very day, that very moment, I could look at him and says, I'm so glad you're my daddy. That's what Abba means. It's a close term. It means that you have been, God, you're my son. You're an heir. And I got so much for you. And you can start talking to God when? Right away. You can let God talk to you when? Right away. You can start reading his word right off the bat. Desiring the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. 
God already considers you a son in his family. And because you are a son, act like it. Grow up. Take responsibility. Because you're going to make a lot of decisions. And so as you begin to grow in the Lord, understand from verse 6 and 7, that's how God's, you're a son of God. Now in verse 8, how be it then, when you knew not God, you did service unto those of which by nature are no God. But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, now remember, he's talking to these Galatian Christians who have, well in Chapter 1 and verse 6, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that will trouble you and pervert the gospel of Christ. So he's talking to these people. Why are you going back to the law? Don't you realize who you are? Don't go back to saying, I'm a child and I'm going to put myself back under the law and I want all this correction and discipline of the law when God's already freed you from the curse of the law. You're a child of God. You're a son now. Grow up. And one of the reasons is because, see, now that you are a son of God, he wants Christ to be formed within him. So that you're not only considered to be an adult son of the responsibilities of the child of God. Now, God says, I want Christ to be formed in you. And he says, I stand in doubt of you that Christ is not being formed in you. Not that he didn't say he questioned their salvation. But just look at this very quickly where he says in um, verse 15. See, now he's talking to them and he's letting them know. Where is this happiness, this blessedness that you used to have? Because you knew that you were a child of God. Did you get this? Did you get this by the law? Or did you get this by the Spirit? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2. Where is then this blessedness you spake of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. For I therefore, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They, those that are trying to put you back under the law, is trying to take away your sonship and make you a slave. And that's why he says in chapter 5 and verse 1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us what? Free and not become entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't let them make you a slave. And when you see this, the book of Galatians is really one awesome book about the liberty, the freedom that we have in Christ. But notice what he says here in verse 17 of chapter 4. They zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you, but you might, that you might affect them. In other words, they want to use you. They're not interested in you. You'd be surprised how many people spend their whole life robbing fish out of somebody else's goldfish bowl. Because they can't catch their own, they just have to let somebody else catch the fish and then they try to rob their fish. Because they got so much more. They got deeper truths that you haven't known about. Uh, that preacher that you just wins you to the Lord, well, he's so shallow, so shallow. You need some meat to eat. All that Yankee fellow knows is a little old milk here and there. All he got is pablum. Now, if you want some real meat, you come over to my church. Well, anyway... In verse 17, they zealous. So here you're talking about now, when he said, grow up, now you've got to decide who's going to influence you. 
or you want to be influenced by the teaching of the law and these legalistic Judaizers, or do you want to be disciplined by grace and learn to walk with the Lord? That's why you'll have these verses that's talking about walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because you're either going to be influenced by the spirit or you're going to be influenced by the flesh or the spirit. Either one. And God says, God's not going to be mocked. Would take my place. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at Yankee at YankeeArnold.com. That's Yankee at YankeeArnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at YankeeArnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.